0: Maybe it's because the rest of the setting is just so dull, so dreary. Or maybe it's just that Mike Matheson did something really, really neat. That's going to be one of the things I remember the most about this season. It was a missed shot attempt. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacovic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're in too football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Penguins 4, Devils 2 here in Newark. I'm glad I came, to be honest with you. This was not one of my scheduled trips when we break these down with the staff at DK Pittsburgh Sports. I, I wanted to come here because I thought there was a chance that Sidney Crosby would get his 500th goal. He had opportunities, four official shots on goal. One of them a beautiful backhander that would have just been perfect. You know, so Sid, authoritative backhander. But John Gillies, New Jersey's goaltender, was equal to it. And that was that. Brian Rust with a nice power play deflection. Brian Boyle with the winner after the fourth line was dominant. Tristan Jari was good again. But I want to talk about number five. Mike Matheson is kind of becoming, at least for my amusement purposes, something of an Alexei Kovalev. And those of you who are around for Kovalev's tenure in Pittsburgh will recall that there's something special about a player who can just physically do things that other players can't. It can be speed, it can be strength, it can be size in some cases where a player just skates around and just knocks people over and you go, wow, that's awesome because that player is physically doing something that others can't. Matheson, to look at him, to watch him walk into the press room at the Prudential Center here after the game, You wouldn't know him from the equipment guy. You wouldn't think this is any sort of premier athletic specimen, you know? And I'm not knocking him, okay? He can do things out there that others can't. He pulls away with his skating in an almost unnatural way. I jokingly refer to him occasionally as the human breakout because he doesn't need to make a pass. He'll just take off. And someone starts chasing him, and he takes off a little bit more. He fires rocket passes when he does do breakouts. He fires passes off the end boards. Did that twice here yesterday. Purposefully. He's missing on purpose. And I don't need to remind anyone about the time that he missed on purpose against the Islanders, only to go and collect the puck himself and set up a Teddy Bluger goal. But this wasn't about any of that. And this wasn't even about the goal that he scored, which was a howitzer. Just let the thing fly. Gillies never had a prayer at this thing. In and out before Gillies could react from center point. Just let it fly. Uh, what Mike Sullivan described afterward is a half slap shot that he has. It's just deadly. Now, what I want to talk about came halfway through the third period when he was in a similar spot other side of the rink obviously he had just gotten a pass from Sid again at center point maybe a little more to the left side and instead of doing the half slap he just flicked it like old school wrist shot like and I'm going to throw some more names at you that are going to date me here oh but they'll date you too if you know them so beware Peter Nedved like Peter Nedved, had a wrist shot that was so strong he could score with it from anywhere in the attacking zone, and it wasn't a crime committed by the goaltender. Kovalev, of course, could do this too, because Kovalev could do anything since he was the sun, the moon, and the stars. But this wrist shot, this is something that's not seen in hockey anymore. Matheson told me after the game that he saw a little bit of corner over Gillies' blocker side. But he knew that going from that distance, he'd have to really lay into it. And he knew he'd have to be precise. And that's the beauty of the wrist shot. Anyone who's ever played hockey at any level will attest that it's a more accurate shot than any other kind of shot you can take. So he wanted the best of both worlds. He wanted to really, 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 really run up the velocity, but also have it be accurate. And he missed. Went high. And it made a bang off that back glass that you could tell got a rise out of this otherwise non-existent crowd. They announced that it was 11,000. It couldn't have been a half of that in there. And the half that were there were, Dead to the world. But when this happened, and I checked this later to make sure I hadn't lost my mind. On the TV audio, which I was able to find online, you could hear the crowd go, oh. And this is for a player from the other team missing the net. But he did it in a way that, as it happened, you knew you'd seen something that was a little special, something that's not the norm. I asked Mike Sullivan after the game just informally about that, and his eyebrows just went up like, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't know what that is. But this was Sullivan in the formal setting describing what he's seen from Matheson this year in general, but also in this context.
1: I think Mike's done a really good job, just trying to understand um, what our expectations are of him. I think Todd Reardon has done a good job with Mike in trying to help define what those expectations are. And Mike is a very effective player for us. He he has such uh, dominant physical attributes. He's he's a great skater. He has he's a good puck handler. He might have one of the hardest wrist shots in the league, or you know those half slappers from the blue line. I mean, they're just missiles, and uh, the goal tonight was, was an example of it. Uh, And and I just think he's done a good job in just taking what the game gives him. And when he plays that way and and he doesn't chase the game, so to speak, I think that's when he's at his best. And and he's been really effective for us. He defends hard. He defends with his mobility and his stick. But he's also big and strong. And and he can uh, can help us in front of our net, for example, with box outs and tying up sticks and just being hard in front of our net. So I, I think Mike has done a great job just trying to understand how he has to play within within the, the, the confines of, uh, of our team dynamic. Uh, you know, and I, and I think Todd has done a good job with him just trying to help define those expectations and define those parameters for Mike. And, and I, I think he's played extremely well for us. I really do.
0: See, that, that's a fair way to word it. He and Todd Reardon have both spent extensive time with Matheson, attempting to make him understand that he can do all of these spectacular things while not necessarily straying from what's best for the team. And as a result, he's become a far more dependable, far less volatile defenseman than he was in Sunrise and then again when he was when he first came to Pittsburgh. There were weeks at a time you'd wonder why this guy's even in the lineup. And that's just not the case anymore. This is one of the things that, Reardon was brought here to do. To work specifically with the defensemen, the mercurial defensemen that the Penguins have, meaning Matheson and Chris Letang. And having them play within the game, but also find a way to be their best selves. Matheson, you can see doing that on a nightly basis. You really can. This was... Matheson afterward about the kind of season that he's having, meaning just him individually.
1: So much of it is confidence, right? And um, when when you don't feel like things are going well, it can be um, easy for for doubt to creep into your game, and um, and when that happens, it, it's tough to execute and and be sharp throughout the game so i think i think that's really been the the name of the game is is staying confident and not trying to do too much with the puck has has been bringing me some success
0: this is a big deal this is not an oh by the way storyline i don't know how many people would realize this but when you get into advanced analytics the defense pairing. Of Matheson and Chad Ruedel, remember the, that Ruedel has been a number seven defenseman his entire career until this year. Has been one of the three best in the National Hockey League. I know, it sounds nuts, right? Like, you barely think of them as one of the three best on the Pittsburgh roster, but one of the three best. Now, there's all kinds of asterisks that you attach to that because they don't get stuck in the tougher roles. All of the hard assignments go to Latang and Brian Dumoulin. Um, The hope that was put into the season was all invested. Not all invested, but largely invested by Ron Hextall with his challenge that he had to the second pairing of John Marino and Marcus Pedersen. Pedersen, of course, has been really good. Marino's kind of, he's getting better. But it's this third defense pairing that's been the what? And a big, big, big reason for that is that Matheson's been able to rein in some of the strange stuff he was doing while also doing wacky stuff in a good way like this. When we come back, Just One Question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by FuboTV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 Fubo FuboTV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. And right now, FuboTV is offering our listeners of this show a 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. And today's J1Q comes from Bruce Reel, who asks simply, what four-game losing streak? Well, that's fair. Um, I'm not going to talk out of both sides of my mouth with this stuff. Whenever I flew up to Boston at the outset of the trip, I had shared with you A feeling that more than anything what this team needed to do is to get back to playing 200-foot hockey, all the stuff that we saw throughout the first two months of the season that we keep talking about again and again, the Florida trip, the Toronto game, and so forth, the games where you could get a sense that this was a Stanley Cup contending team. Now, how do you do that when after your first game in Boston, which is easy to get up for, you've got one in ottawa with 500 people there against a you know crappy team and then you come here and it's a 100 times worse oh this place don't make me say bad things about places i visit cuz it's never a cool thing but this place okay just just take it for what i'm sharing here this place does not get you amped up for anything in life. But they came here just as they went to Ottawa and took care of business with two really complete performances against, I should add, teams that had annoyed them uh, in the past, this season. The Senators and Devils have lots of flaws. They're where they are in the standings for a reason. But they also have, both of them, young, fast, effective transition teams. It's something I talked to Sullivan about here yesterday before the game. So I'd felt all along, even even in Boston, because I'd brought it up there too, that Ottawa and New Jersey were going to provide tests of their own kind for what was going wrong with this team. Not in the four-game losing streak but really over the past six weeks or so where the Penguins were still winning and they were still getting the results, but they weren't doing it right. They weren't doing it in a way that you would look at them and say, oh, yeah, this will definitely work in the playoffs. So that's the part that they've gotten right, Bruce. That's the thing. It's not the results. It's not the losing streak. It's not the winning streak. It's about how they're doing it and how they can carry it into game one of the playoffs As the default, think of it that way. Lots of teams, when they go into the playoffs, make a conscious decision. We're going to become this kind of team now because it's playoff time. Well, think about how much easier that is. If you enter playoffs and you've been doing that all along, it's like breathing. That's what you wanted to see from the Penguins on this trip. Way more so than six out of six points uh, or being in first place, which I didn't even mention over this episode yet that they overtook the Hurricanes for first place. Uh, Partially because the Hurricanes have three games in hand, so it really doesn't matter. But it's just not that significant. Where you finish, the seeding and all that other stuff, doesn't matter. There's a whole lot of hockey, if you get right down to it the rest of the way, that from a standings standpoint doesn't matter. The Penguins are going to make the playoffs. There's a chasm between the teams that are in now in the East and the ones that have fallen out. What you can achieve between now and Game 1 is setting yourself up for the best possible default with the group that you've got. This trip was a significant restart. In that sense, I appreciate the question, Bruce. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We will do another one tomorrow in advance of the fires.